So um, Greg was starting to, to uh, this is a kind of a tie-in to what Greg was saying, um, that peace comes from fellowshipping with our Father. Peace comes from going to our Father before you go to your smartphone or before going to YouTube or before lighting a cigarette or playing Xbox or opening the refrigerator when, when, when your heart is empty. Music, food, relationships, they're all gifts from God. But some of us still need to learn how to or be reminded how to pause and be alone with the Lord, just the Lord. I recently was looking at my empty coffee cup longingly and thinking, <laughs> I've gotten to a place where I, it's like I don't want to read my Bible unless I have a hot cup of coffee and a piece of dark chocolate. And, uh, and I needed to learn to pause and push back everything and be alone with the Lord. You can't have peace unless you are at peace with God. Is there something the Holy Spirit has been telling you that you haven't put into action? Today we're going to talk about peace, which comes from the Holy Spirit through the scriptures as we pray and are discipled. Those four things. Jesus said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. John chapter 14. So we want to know, how did he give us his peace? And how did he leave us his peace? Because a lot of times we aren't at peace. What's wrong? So... In chapter 16, uh, after Jesus had told his disciples that he was leaving the world and going to the Father, he said, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. Tribulation is troubles. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Amen. So Jesus told his disciples that he was leaving that he was not going to leave us alone, he was going to send us the Holy Spirit, that in this world we will have trouble, but he has overcome the world, and that he has left us with his peace. How do we experience his peace even though we go through troubling things? Peace comes from the Holy Spirit, through the scriptures, through prayer, and by discipleship. Where does peace come from? Peace comes from the Holy Spirit through the scriptures, through prayer, and by discipleship. That is our sermon outline for today. And though we won't get into it today, you cannot have peace unless you have forgiven your enemies, your friends, and your family. Are you holding on to a grudge Goodbye, peace, hello, anxiety. Have you found faith to forgive that person who has most spitefully treated you? If not, please come forward for prayer after we share the communion meal. But today we're talking about peace, which comes from the Holy Spirit, through prayer, 
through the scriptures and by discipleship. For starters, let's look at Galatians 5.22. On the screen. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Peace is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. So fruit grows on vines and fruit trees. So you are the branches, and he is the root, and the tree trunk or vine, and the water, and the sunlight in the Bible. Abide in him, and he in you, and you will bear much fruit. And the fruit of the Holy Spirit includes peace, if you abide in him. Peace is supernaturally given, hour by hour, by the Holy Spirit, who is a person with a personality, like you and I are persons. And the scripture says, you will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you, Isaiah 26.3. You, you need to have these verses like written down on your wall, like get picture frames, get them matted nicely, get it like calligraphy, you know, written in, like, like all of these, like I know that verse because I, I don't know, at a garage sale or somebody was throwing it away and I was like, oh yeah, I'll put that on my wall. And I've had it on my wall, like in my basement all these years. Peace is in the presence of God. And God is at perfect peace because he is in control of all things. And all things obey him. There are no exceptions to that. He is working all things together to bring about good for those who love him. So are there evil things? Yes. Are there things that have disobedience toward the Lord in his heart? When I say all things obey him, I mean even out of dry ground with no seeds in it and no water, even out of dead, desiccated bones, he brings forth a crop that continues to bear fruit. He raises up people who praise his name and belong to him. That's easy for God. Now, so he is working all things together to bring about good for those who love him. Now, probably the best expression of peace, I'm looking at the guys that I have over for dinner most often, Jonathan Maddox, wherever you are. Um, probably the best expression of peace is when people eat together. But your dinner guests will not come in and sit at your table with you until you open the door and have them in. It's easy to be far from God when he is just outside your door. Jesus says to every member of the church, those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. So be zealous and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. Every day from the moment you open your eyes, Jesus is standing outside your door knocking. I correct and discipline everyone I love. Which, like he's calling through your window. I correct and discipline everyone whom I love. So be diligent and Turn from your indifference. Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Jesus is calling you into his presence where you will share in his peace. 
but you will require, be required to stop being indifferent to him, won't you? Or he won't come in. Imagine living your whole Christian life with Jesus knocking on your door, but you being indifferent to him, like usual. Like it says in the Psalms, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Lord, we beg you to open our eyes to our need. The reason we are asking you to pour out your Holy Spirit on our church is so that he might show us our spiritual neediness, nakedness, and blindness, or else we'll never care to do the things that lead to peace with you. There are some of us here who have resisted the Holy Spirit, and I don't think the Lord is pleased with that. And in this season of Lent, we need to think about that as we prepare for Easter. We have been living with some sins. Indifference to God is one of them. Not letting the reproof of our disciplers get into our hearts, but brushing it off instead. And as long as we are willing to continue in these, we will not have the peace of God in our homes. Another thing we have to repent of, GCF, is this. Love does not envy, it is not rude, it is not proud, it is not self-seeking. Lord, we are those things, I am those things. We pray for a special anointing of your Holy Spirit to cleanse us and sanctify us with the humility that comes from wisdom until we love with the love with which you have loved us. Amen. Opening the door to Jesus, the Prince of Peace, starts with letting him come into your life wearing his crown. If we don't let him lead us, we don't get to know him. Think about what it costs us to be Christians who get our own way and who kind of do our own thing we don't get to know our Father. Satan wants to accuse you of being a terrible Christian. God wants you to open the door and let him in, and he wants to eat a meal with you. Do you see the difference? Jesus wants to give you his special peace. What kind of person comes to a lousy Christian like me with no accusations, only the correction and discipline of a loving father? It's not a rhetorical question. A loving father does, duh. Why do I still want to grieve the Holy Spirit by resisting Jesus? There are some things we need him to set us free from. And the first one is to show us that we were made for his glory, like in contrast with whatever else we think we're doing. Lord, please help us to see ourselves as your children and that we were made for you. Thank you, Lord. I think the most wonderful peace I have ever experienced was the peace after getting prayed for to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and uh, again, on several occasions, after being prayed for to be delivered from some oppressing demons that were bothering me. 
because that's what they do. Afterwards, I felt this overwhelming calm that lasted for several days. But you don't just get peace. The closer you are to God, the more you abide in Him, the more your spirit is nourished by Him. When you read the Bible like a thirsty tree planted by a stream, drinks up that life-giving river and then bears fruit. The peace of God guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. You can be sedated or elated under the influence of drugs and drunkenness, but you can't have this kind of peace apart from Jesus himself. Peace is in the presence of God. Come, Lord Jesus. Peace comes from the scripture. Psalm 119, verse 165. Great peace have those who love your law. Are you overwhelmed? Great peace have those who love your law. So right now, I'd like to ask you a question. Do you love the Psalms? You have to answer it to yourself honestly. We like Psalm 23. We like Psalm 27. But do you love the Psalms? Great peace have those who love your law. That's what the psalmist wrote. And the Psalms are part of the law of God, the whole Bible. Have you ever experienced that thing that happens when you're anxious and, or afraid, and right away you open to a Psalm, and you read it and read it and read it and read it again, and the Holy Spirit ministers his peace to your spirit, and you start to praise him. Great peace have those who love your law. So peace comes from the Holy Spirit speaking to us through the scriptures. We need to pause and go be alone with the Lord more often and rest and listen to him speak to us through the scriptures. One time after Jesus had sent his disciples out to proclaim that people should repent and they cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and healed them, and everyone was coming and going so that they had no leisure even to eat, Jesus paused and said to his disciples, come away by yourselves for a while and rest. Jesus' solution to that level of busyness was to call them away by themselves to pause and to listen to the living word of God. And you have in your hands the written word of God. And the Psalms are usually a good place to start. We need to find Christ's, to find Christ's voice in the Psalms as we study them. When we are afraid, anxious, and angry. Great peace have they who love your law. Nothing can make them stumble. Psalm 119, 165. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. New King James Version. Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing causes them to stumble. Great peace have those who love your law. Therefore, peace is lost when we love getting our own way or setting our own laws. My peace is lost when I make the rules. When your morning prayer isn't, 
I'm not the king or queen of my life. You are. So your kingdom come, your will be done by me right here and now with no reservations and no walls, just an open door in my heart for you to come and take your place in the center of our hearts. Come and take your glorious place. When you don't begin by praying like that, you begin wrong. When Jesus isn't the Lord of your life and he doesn't get to tell you what to do, you become like one who is unclean, like one who is outside the camp. And there is a loss of fellowship with Christians and a kind of loss of fellowship with Christ. My peace is lost when I am my own boss. Amen? When I am willing to do God's will, like 100%, I have much peace. Want peace. Got milk? Want peace? (laughs) Pray like Jesus prayed. Lord, if it is possible, take this cup from me, please. But if not, not my will but yours be done. Think about that those words he said before going to the cross knowingly. Jesus is our pattern and example in all things. So we read the scriptures to know God's heart and to understand wisdom and to hear the voice of God as he instructs us in his commandments, which are our delight and our counselors. How many times have I avoided coveting because the Holy Spirit spoke to me the commandment, you shall not covet? And lust, because he said, be content with what you have, because God has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. How many times have I avoided idolatry, anger, and arrogance, because the Spirit said to me, you shall have no other gods before me. And I, have made, a, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustfully. And a man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires and so on, every day. God speaks those scriptures to me and protects me from trouble. Obeying God's commandments leads to peace. Until you're willing to obey God, he will be hidden from you and peace will flee from you. I know that from experience. What is written in Romans chapter chapter 1 was true of me to some extent. It says in verse 21, yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. Like, you know, like all our doubts and unbelief and objections against God that most of us have had. They're foolish ideas that we thought up about what God is like. The result was that their minds became dark and confused. Is your mind dark and confused? I can relate to that. Thank God for repentance, which leads to our eyes being opened so we can see God for who he really is. Peace comes from the knowledge of God. You can't just know God exists. You have to know from experience who he is. And we don't experience God unless he breaks through from heaven to earth, knocks on our door, 
And especially when we power down and lay aside every distraction that steals away our attention, and he supernaturally shows us his face. When I pause and look fully in his wonderful face, I find that his eyes are kind, and he's full of goodwill for me. He has no unrighteous intentions toward me, nor will he manipulate or spitefully use me. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Psalm 34a. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Psalm 105. Like when we worship, God's peace often washes over us when we're praying. And the Holy Spirit shows us things that set us free from worry and fear and self-judgment and the judgment of others, fear of man. Whenever we're worried, we need to hear from God by praying, Lord, what is your purpose in having me go through this thing that's making me worry? Because he really is like, you know, he's sovereign, he's king, that means he's, he's in control of everything, he's working everything together for our good, because we know we love him, even though our love is usually, you know, little, it's okay, it's love, All right? So, so pray, Lord, what is your purpose in making me go through this thing that's making me worry? Because I know you're not worried about it, and I know you're up to something good, and I know you're so good and so wise that for a long time you've been planning this opportunity for me to walk in the power of your Holy Spirit. And you've prepared a good work in advance for me to do. And if it's as simple as suffering through this for your glory, like the Son of Man who suffered for me, Lord, I'm ready. And I know you are ready to help me overcome this temptation, so please help me to be at peace as I face this, because it's not bigger than you. And there's nothing that you're about to take me through that you haven't carefully planned for my good. And you can't come to God as a know-it-all because the Bible says that God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time, he may exalt you. Casting all your anxieties on him, because he cares for you. So that's how we pray. We humble ourselves. We cast our anxieties on him, because he cares for us. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication. What's supplication? Humble prayer. Supplication. I think of it as begging. In everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So don't make a request normally unless you're also saying thank you. They, go to, they have to go together. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You remember one time we had a sermon on like David? I walked down here and I said, all right, I'm, I'm David and I'm holding a shield 
and like these you know, dread warriors are beating on my shield with their like sharp and heavy objects. And I'm just, and it's loud. And I can like barely hold it up. Like when it says the Lord is a shield about me, that's what it means. So the Lord shields us and his peace guards our hearts and our thinking in Christ Jesus in a real supernatural way. Um, When I was a kid, my brother typed out that verse from Philippians 4 and posted it on his bedroom wall. Uh, It said, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. That means connected to him like like root and trunk to branch. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Stop watching horror movies. Stop playing that game. Stop gossiping about that. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. All right, so pretend you're a millennial. Pretend you know a guy, and our generation whatever letterer, and you know a guy, and you know, you're like this guy is like mentor figure, and he's like, hey, everything you have heard from me or seen in me, whatever I've said or you've learned or received from me, you do it and the God of peace will be with you. We'd be like, whoa, 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 whoa. You arrogant, like manipulative, controlling. Actually, that's Bible and actually that's discipleship. And if you're not into that, you're not into biblical discipleship. That's how I used to think so. Speaking from experience. No, really, keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Obviously, your disciples are sinners, so you've got to eat the fish and throw away the bones, as they say. Or if you're Greg Weiss and you don't like fish, eat the ribeye and throw away the bones, whatever. Um, (laughs) Eat the filet mignon. All right, keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. So we have to be doing this. This is how we get peace. Like if you're not doing this, then there's more anxiety, stress, worry, fear, trouble, tribulation in your life than there's supposed to be. So we gotta get more connected to a discipler who's qualified and like copy their lifestyle and imitate their faith Everything you've learned or received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. If you trust God enough to copy what your discipler said to do, even though you totally don't buy it or believe it, there will be a blessing, and the blessing will be the peace of God. Not the peace of God, the God of peace. The God of peace will be with you. So, you know, God just cleanse us from all... Uh, overly controlling discipleship ideas and God sanctify us to buying into discipleship so that, it, so that it has more influence over us. We need that. 
Okay, so we all agree that peace is a gift from the Holy Spirit. And he speaks the scriptures to us, giving us peace. We've read those verses. And we all agree that peace comes from prayer. And when we cast our anxieties on him, we have peace. But the Bible really does say that peace comes from discipleship. Why can't I have the Holy Spirit and his peace by myself? Why can't I stay home and watch television church and read my Bible and attend Bedside Baptist Church? And... Like, why isn't that a thing, right? My, uh, my patient, he was this really cool guy. Never mind. Can't tell that story. All right. Because the Holy Spirit doesn't come to me. I'm serious. The Holy Spirit doesn't come to me. He comes to us. He relates with us as a loving father, relates with all the members of his family as they relax at the dinner table, seeing each other and eating together. God sees us as a family because we are a family. We are his family. He's our father. That's reality. And because of that, he puts us in discipling, relation, discipling relationships with spiritual fathers and mothers. Jesus never said, watch the Christian TV station and get saved, and then you can have assurance that you're going to heaven. He said, go into all the world and disciple all nations, so all people of the nations, to do according to all that I have commanded you. Does that sound a little controlling? Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have to get over this thing where we don't like that. That's in the human spirit. It's not just in our generation. But really, if you aren't being discipled by a person who is speaking to you and showing you by example all that Jesus commanded in the scriptures and learning to be like that person, copying their faith and their way of life, then you may not be a disciple of Jesus after all and you may not be a member of the family of God. You may be more of an onlooker. But the Bible says that discipleship by a qualified discipler leads to peace, specifically the God of peace being with you, which is better than just having peace, I think. You know, like, I'd rather, like, I don't know. I don't want to just go on vacation. I want to go on vacation with Leah. Like, there's a big difference there, you know? Paul said, whatever you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you, Philippians 4.9. God wants you to be discipled one-on-one -on -one for a period of years, about 70 or 80 years. You will be cared for, taught, helped, rebuked, loved on, and challenged, and blessed. Follow your discipler as he or she follows Christ. Right? That's how family works if you're part of the family of God. We belong to a discipling community called the church where membership and family and discipleship, membership, family, and discipleship are all synonyms. If you don't know how to sit at Christ's feet and listen to his teaching, you will be anxious and upset about many things. 
If you don't know how to sit with your discipler and be comforted and rebuked, you will not have peace, not, not have enough peace, and you will not have enough joy. But Jesus, who taught us that each of us should be discipled, said, I have come that you may have life and life abundantly. Jesus said, I have said these things to you so that your joy may be full. That's what's in his heart towards you. Always has been, always will be. And if the servers or community could come forward now, please. Not as the world. Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. In this world you will have trouble. So he didn't intend to take us out of all the trouble, but to be with us like super very present, helpful, helping, leading, shepherding, protecting, defending, guarding, nourishing, cherishing in that trouble. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. We learn how to overcome the world through a discipleship relationship with a more mature Christian. That comes with a promise. The God of peace will be with you. So Jesus left us with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit gives us supernatural peace, speaking to us through the scriptures and during prayer and through our disciples. I'm going to reread that. Jesus left us with the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit gives us supernatural peace, speaking to us through the scriptures and our disciples and in prayer as we cast our anxieties on him and pray, not my will, but yours be done. Like Jesus, our example, prayed. If you're not experiencing this kind of special peace, then God has something more and is waiting to bless you. Isn't that a wonderful thought? But one of the hindrances we talked about already is probably getting in your way. Talk to your discipler and see if he or she can help discern what that might be. Um, let's have the communion servers just, you're here, and uh, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we desperately need you to draw near to us. Um, please, please help us to earnestly and daily repent of indifference and to see you as our savior and as brother and friend and draw near to you because you're good and because you're trustworthy and because you're full of goodwill toward me every day. And you always have been, even when I made up false ideas about who you are and protested, why don't you do what I think you should do? I'm sorry I did that. Lord, your will be done and you have your way in all things and in all areas of my life. For my life is yours because you have bought me. Amen. Amen. Please come forward.